Welcome to my podcast. This is Beth Jones at BethJones.net and I'm so glad that you're here with me today. A little Christmas music for you today. That is a rendition of Carol of the Bells from SoundCloud and I just love that song. Our daughter Heather used to go around the house in her Santa hat singing that song. I just loved it. It's one of my favorite memories of us as a family. So I hope you're getting ready for Christmas and excited about your family Christmas meal and gift buying and remembering most of all the reason for this season, which is Jesus Christ, that Jesus came, he died, and then rose again to give us abundant life. And I know for everyone Christmas is not a happy occasion for everyone. For some people, it's a very sad time of year, a time of grief because they have lost loved ones, or maybe they're struggling financially, maybe they're going through a divorce or separation, or they've been laid off or fired from their jobs, struggling financially. I know for us, Christmas can be a stressful time of year due to the finances Every year I vow to buy our kids and grandkids Christmas gifts and it seems like it never happens until the very last minute due to bills and unexpected financial problems. But it's not always a happy time and if that is you, I just want to give you some encouragement today that God knows just where you're at right now. He knows what you're going through and that he loves you and he wants to help you. And so just come to him with everything that is Uh, burdening you and worrying you, stressing you out, hurting you, and let God heal you and let him give you hope. Because as my author, speaker, friend Cheryl Griffin says, there is always hope with Jesus. Well, today's podcast is called On Purpose, and it was inspired by my sister Maria Willis. I had emailed her about some things that I was discouraged about, going through right now and she had sent me this great encouraging email and she said that the words that she had been given lately were on purpose that we have to do things on purpose and I believe that's so very true we have to be intentional about the changes that we want to see in our lives and our family's lives I believe that God wants us to have a blessed life, a good life. He is a good God. He is a God of love and forgiveness and mercy and grace. He wants us to live a blessed life. It is Satan who wants to still kill and destroy in our lives. He wants to destroy our purpose. He wants to destroy our marriages, our families, and ultimately the nation. God wants his kingdom to come in all of our lives. But we have to be intentional about things in our lives. We can't just float through life or say whatever, say, you know, say la vie, whatever will be, will be. But we have to be intentional. We have to be on purpose. And as my sister said, to be on purpose about getting closer to God and family, to our friends, making time to do things. Because, you know, we can just live our days and let The hours go by and the years go by so fast. Our kids grow up fast and the years just fly by. It just seems like just yesterday was the beginning of 2016 and here it is right now, the close of it. We have to be intentional and do things on purpose, make time to do things, improve ourselves like our health, like money management. And my sister's question to me, her challenge to me was, what can you do on purpose to make things even a little better in your life, to improve things a little better? And she said, we can't control other people. We can only control ourselves. 
So she encouraged me to identify, and I want to encourage you today too, to think about this question. What can you do on purpose to make things even a little better in your life? There's always room for improvement. Identify three things that have shown improvement in the last month. And she said, such as you've exercised, you've prayed more, you went to a workshop. So I want you to think about that a minute. What has improved over the last month? Find at least three areas that have improved. And if you're like me, you were having a hard time coming up with that because it seems like lately things have been getting worse in certain areas of my life. But if you look back over the last month, there is some area in your life that has shown at least a little improvement. So also remember that gratitude can change your attitude. Having a positive perspective, thinking positive. Lots of times what happens is we get down, we feel sad, we feel discouraged and depressed, and that it clouds our outlook. It makes a, a like a storm cloud. Um, rain and thunderstorm cloud over our lives when we really need to focus on what is positive and good because there are blessings every day in our lives that God gives us. So what three, three things have shown improvement in the last month? And then also she said to think of three things that I can do on purpose to improve things in my life even a little bit. Recently, I attended a webinar by Michael Hyatt, and it was on intentional and specific goals to make 2017 your best year yet. And a lot of times we hear these kind of webinars and telecalls and workshops, and we have almost a jaded view about it, and we think, yeah, yeah, right. But I believe that having dreams and goals is so important because God says without a vision the people perish so each new year gives us a fresh start I, that's one of the reasons I love Christmas so much Christmas is my favorite time of year I love decorating the tree in the house I love buying gifts for my family and friends and it's just a special time of year and it always gives me new, new hope that hope that Jesus came on earth as a little baby dying for you and me on the cross over 2,000 years ago so that we could have life and life more abundant. It always gives me no new hope. It always lifts my spirits to listen to Christmas music and the hymns and just to decorate and to do the baking for my kids, baking cookies, making different dishes. It's just a fun uh, time of year that is so hope-filled. So in Michael Hyatt's webinar, he was talking about these intentional and specific goals. And I went and give you a couple of examples that Maria inspired me to do. Three things I can do on purpose to improve things in my life. And maybe these will help you too. For example, with me, one of my goals, one of my dreams is to get fit and healthy and specifically and you know if I put improve my health that is way too vague it's a vague goal it's not specific and if you aim at nothing you hit nothing improve health well what does that mean so what I did is I wrote down lose a certain number of pounds in 2017 and I broke it down to how many pounds a month and then how many pounds a week so think of your weight loss and fitness goals. What can you do? I also wrote down specifically these things. 
Eat more salads, at least one salad a day. Exercise three to five days a week by walking sugar addiction. I love things with sugar in it. Push water, drink lots of water, and do de-stressing activities because stress can so affect our health. And I put things like journal, watch chick flicks and funny movies, watch Periscope, read books, and go new places. Go try new things. Go to new restaurants. Those are things that can improve my health. Laughing at, at funny movies. Laughter is so important. Loving your life is so important. And like Maria said, I can't control the other people in my life. But I can have control over my own life. I can do things to make me happier. I have a sign on my desk that says, do what makes you happy. It's a little uh, paperweight and has a pretty flower on it. Do what makes you happy because I don't believe God wants us to have a miserable, unhappy, bitter existence. He wants us to be blessed and happy. Now, the second goal I have was things like improve finances. Well, that's a pretty vague goal. So I'm taking some specifics from Dave Ramsey. He's an amazing speaker and teacher and author, and he wrote Total Money Makeover and Financial Peace. And these are the, some of the specific goals that he has to help you improve your finances because so many people I know are struggling with money problems. I believe very, you know, very few people are among the rich of the riches. Most people are just trying to pay the basics, pay basic bills and save for the future. So here's what Dave says. He's got seven different steps. One is to keep track of all your money. Where is your money going? Your money isn't just walking out the door on legs. Your money is going somewhere. So look at where your money is going. Tell your money where to go and assign every dollar a place in your budget, including some blow money. And this is where people get tripped up. They don't have a blow money category. My daughter, Heather, several years ago began to follow Dave Ramsey's principles and she began to get out of debt and to save and just really to experience the blessings of God in her life because she was following these principles of Dave Ramsey's, who is a very wise, practical teacher, and he's also hilarious. He's very funny, but he's got biblical principles to help you to get control of your money and to build wealth. Money is not an evil thing. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money itself is not evil. It's the love of money. If letting it take over your life, that is, that is what's evil. So assign every dollar a place in your budget, including some blow money, and you will not feel like a slave to your work. Let me get some water here. Number two is one of the most important principles that Dave has. It all belongs to God. So tithe. Give him a 10%. The tithe means 10% portion to the Lord's work, to the Lord's storehouse. And I am working on faithfulness in this area. Ray and I used to be very faithful with the tithe. And then I got to where, and Ray too, where we were, we had so many bills that we didn't think we could tithe. But I'm beginning to see as I'm stepping out in faith to practice this on a regular basis that God is beginning to bless the work of our hands through the tithe. And some encouragement I heard from our pastor years ago is if you don't have a hundred dollar faith, say your your chat was a thousand dollars and you want to tithe a hundred dollars. 
If you don't have that $100 tithe faith, then give 50 and ask God to increase your faith because faith is what pleases God. He wants you to willingly give that tithe money. He wants you to willingly give to him, not grudgingly and not in fear. So, so build up and work on practicing the tithe and giving more and more to God and others because God blesses cheerful givers. Number three is to save, even if it's $10 in your savings. Invest. And investment comes much later in Dave's books. And he has a radio show, and you can find him on Facebook and on Twitter and the other social media sites too. But investment is after you have started tackling your debt. But the goal is always to look for, toward the future. You know, we, we can't uh, stick our heads in the sand like ostriches. We need to realize that we need to save for the future because those rainy days come, that Murphy's Law, when unexpected things happen like a washer or a dryer tears up or a car needs repair or a tire blows or just any kind of financial crisis. So begin to look toward the future, but it starts with the tithe, trusting God with your money. And like I said, if you don't have a $100 faith, at least, you know, if you've got $50 faith, sow that $50 seed and then ask God to increase your faith where you can give him the whole tithe. And he says he will He will rebuke the destroyer in your life. And the, the vats will begin to overflow. The blessings of God will begin to overflow in your life. If you read Deuteronomy and Leviticus about the tithe and about giving, it will, in about obeying God, it will show you how God will bless you and your family if you walk in obedience to him, including in this area. And like I said, I'm a work in progress, very much a work in progress with this. But I am beginning to see its evidence as I step out in faith to obey God in this area. Number four is don't go over your money limit. And this is where we all struggle with, and especially the Bible says, catch the little foxes so they won't run the vineyard. And that's in the book of Ecclesiastes, I believe, or maybe it's Song of Solomon. It's Song of Solomon. But don't go over your limit. The little things add up so much. And Dave Ramsey really um, calls people out on this. He says, you know, going to Starbucks and blowing four, five, ten dollars at Starbucks, it all adds up and it kills your finances. You know, going to Quick Trip or going to get a coffee or buy clothes or shoes, going to buy snacks, chips, whatever. It all adds up very, very fast. And he, he kind of makes fun of people that buy lottery tickets. He says, you don't see millionaires in the, the line at the, the, you know, convenience store to buy a lottery ticket. They don't, they don't trust in the lottery. And besides that, the lottery is tied to so many evil activities. But trust in God. And he says, keep an account of everything that you're spending money on and don't go over the limit. Watch where your money is going. Keep track of it. The, the danger, the reason people get in so much trouble is they do not watch their money. And one problem that married couples have, and Ray and I really struggle with this, and we have our whole marriage, is there's a lack of communication regarding finances. They're not telling each other what they're spending money on, or they're not in agreement over money. And I personally don't believe that 
a husband and a wife should have to tell each other every little penny they're spending. You know, like if I go to get me a coffee somewhere, and I usually drink coffee here at home, but if I go like to, if I've run out of coffee here and I go to Casey's to get a pumpkin spice latte, cappuccino, I shouldn't have to go up to Ray and say, oh, Ray, I'm going to the store to buy a cappuccino. If he wants to go to the store and buy whatever he wants to buy, potato chips or whatever's, whatever snack he's wanting or item, he shouldn't have to come to me and report it. I think little things couples don't need to give an accounting to each other. I, I just think that's over the top. But you do need to watch that the spending of those little items. And for big items, I believe a couple needs to be in agreement. But it's so important to not go over your limit, and that's where couples get in trouble. They don't realize all those little things eventually add up into this giant thing, and pretty soon you have spent more than you make. Number five is to be responsible with your bills. And again, this is where the accounting comes in. This is where watching your money is important. I am the one that manages our family's finances for the most part. I'm the one that pays our family's bills, primarily because Ray works so much and he doesn't have time to do it. And this is something that I can um, do for him and, and take some of that burden off of him. He doesn't have to worry about paying the light bill. He doesn't have to worry about making the car payment. I'm the one doing the calling and taking the, the bills to our local Walmart where we can pay a lot of utility bills and I make payments online. So be responsible with your bills. And number six, Dave Ramsey really emphasizes eliminating debt. He calls it the debt snowball where, where you're paying off a small bill at first. You pay off that small bill and then you go to the next bill that's a bigger bill and you pay that off and then you go to the next bigger bill and you're paying off these bills one at a time from small to bigger and bigger until finally you're totally debt free. And the money that you were using to pay the first bill, you can now apply that money plus more money to the second bill and so on. And I would just really encourage you to listen to Dave Ramsey's shows and read his books, Total Money Makeover, Financial Peace. He is just an excellent, wise, practical author. You can also go to his website and he's got great resources there for you and your family. So eliminate debt as much as you can. So many people now are in debt, and especially at this time of year, they get in debt to buy Christmas gifts. Don't do it. Don't blow your family budget. I mean, I've done it in the past because I love buying gifts so much for my family, but really and truly what your family needs is your love. So don't uh, stress yourself out in January by spending too much money in December. And number seven is to give and bless other people. Be a giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And Jesus is our example. God so loved the world that he gave his only son and so that whoever receives him will have eternal life. God is very, very generous. And that's the way we need to be too, is to be generous and cheerful givers. I love giving to other people. I love buying people gifts. It makes me happy. 
So I would just encourage you to make very specific, concrete goals, to make goals on purpose, to think about what you can do on purpose to get closer to God, your family and friends, to make time to do things such as improving your health, managing your money, building relationships with people. And that's a, that's a third goal set, the goal setting that I had after my sister told me this. Relationships, like with your marriage, your kid, your friends. And I had a few tips on that. Number one is take out the trash. Recently, God began to speak this to me. Take out the trash. I began to see that expression everywhere. Um, when Ray and I went on a mission trip to Haiti, he's been to Haiti about five or six times, and I went with him on his third mission trip. I was absolutely appalled at all the trash on the corners of the streets. They don't have a lot of trash pickup. And so there was, there was trash everywhere several feet high and several feet wide. I was just, I, I could not believe it. I was so disgusted. And of course, because of that, there's a lot of rats and mice and roaches and just pests all over the place there. It's it's very unclean. So I, I just couldn't believe it when I saw that. So I then I heard a, a periscope where they were saying, take out the trash. And it was about forgiving other people. And I was like, okay, that's confirmation number two, because I'd heard it a couple of times. And then I get one day I was driving and I got stuck behind a trash truck. People, the garbage men were going around picking up the trash. And I knew God was speaking to me to take out the trash, to remove the garbage that is a minor raised marriage. And um, my sister Maria always says to have a clean slate every day. Wipe the slate clean. Forgive each other. Don't go to bed angry, the Bible says. Take out the trash every day in your relationships with people. Don't let unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment and jealousy and pride and all these things build up in your relationship. Take out the trash. Number two is communicating. To improve your relationship, we need to learn to communicate well. And Ray and I are not very good at this. Communication is one of our number one problems. You should not have a yelling match or blaming each other, accusing each other, tuning each other out, but really listen to each other. Practice listening. Don't interrupt and really focus on them. Look into their eyes. Watch your body language as you're talking to them. Let me get some water. Watch your body language as you're talking to each other. Don't interrupt. And use I feel statements instead of you always or you never. Also, in your relationship with your kids, don't be a helicopter mom. Don't be a control freak. Don't micromanage your children. I'm having to learn this as our children are grown now, and I'm having to learn to let go more. But learn to communicate in your relationships and keep in touch with your friends. Let your friends know in your family how important they are to you and how much you love them. Number three is practice their love language. Not your love language, but practice theirs. Find out what their love language is. And you can read the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Each of us has a love language, a certain way that we feel loved by other people. For example, my husband's is touch and acts of service. He wants me to cook for him. 
That makes him feel loved. That's what his mom did for him, his grandma's. He feels love when I cook good meals for him. He also feels love, most of all, through touch. Massages, hugs, uh, kisses, he wants, that's his love language. If I try to speak words of affirmation to him, which is one of the, the love language, that is not going to help him feel loved. I mean, it might make him feel good, but that's not what most ministers to his heart. And same thing with me. If Ray were to do the dishes or he were to, um, I can't remember all the love languages right now. It's acts of service, touching, um, hmm, I have to go back and look at it. But anyway, my love language is gifts and um, time spent together. Oh, that's the other love language, time spent together. So if Ray doesn't spend any time with me, or he doesn't give me gifts, I'm not going to feel loved. Now, all of us need all the different types of love languages, but find out what yours is and what your family's is and practice their love language so that they will feel loved. Number four is to do fun things and spend time together. Go out to eat, go to movies, watch a, mo uh, watch a movie at home with popcorn, do free activities. Lots of times this time of year, they have free activities. Kansas City has the lighting of the lights at the plaza. It's Kansas City Plaza. It's a big tourist area. Drive around and look at the Christmas lights. Go to Christmas parties. Uh, do fun things. Do fun crafts with your kids. Bake cookies together. My granddaughters, Violet and Annabelle, and I did that. Just do different free activities and spend that time together. Make beautiful memories together. When my sister Maria and her kids came out here recently, I took Katie ice skating. My niece Katie, she had never been ice skating before, and she was so happy. She just loved that. And my nephews, Brandon and Nicholas, got to go shooting guns with Ray and his friend Matt. So those were activities. They made memories while they were out here. And me and my sister went out to eat at Olive Garden, but we just spent time talking that night, which was the main thing I wanted with her, time alone to talk to her. Make a memory. Do fun activities together to build those relationships. And number five is to pray for and with each other. A couple that prays together, that is just so powerful. And it's so powerful also to pray for your kids and with your kids to model a lifestyle of prayer to them. So those are things you can do to build relationships. Again, I want to encourage you to live on purpose, that we have to do things intentionally. There's a radio show called The Intentional Lifestyle. I believe his name is Dr. Randy Carlson. And he talks a lot about living intentionally, being an intentional spouse, being an intentional parent, being an intentional friend, living with intention, living on purpose, and doing things on purpose to change your life, to even improve your life a little bit. And I want to conclude today with 1 Peter 2.9. ESV that says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God created you on purpose, my friend, for this purpose, to proclaim his name, to glorify the Lord Jesus. And I also went to conclude with this scripture 
Colossians 4.2 NIV that says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And my friend, my prayer for you this Christmas is to let Christmas truly shine in your heart. The love of Jesus, remembering that he was born a little baby here on earth. He came to die on the cross for us, to save us from our sins, to give us his abundant life. Let the light of Christ, let Christmas, let Christ truly shine in your heart this year. And I'm going to wrap up with prayer. God, I just thank you for the listener today and for this time together. I pray your special blessings on the listener, on me and my family as well. That Christmas would truly shine in our hearts this year. That the message of Christ would truly shine forth. That you would give us that hope that we so need each and every day of our lives. I pray, God, that we would live on purpose. That we would live with intention to change our lives. To work on ourselves first, God. And then trust you to do the rest in us and our families' lives. God, you chose us on purpose for your glory to use us to glorify Jesus. And God, I thank you and I praise you. God, I thank you for Jesus who came, who was born as a little baby in a manger to a Virgin Mary. God, that he came here on earth to save us so that we could live with you forever and ever. I give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, I pray that you have a blessed and Merry Christmas. And I will talk to you later. You can find me on my website, find out more about my speaking and my books at betchins.net and at my Amazon author page at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Beth M. Jones. You have a great day, a blessed and beautiful day. This is Beth at betchins.net.